Hey, good morning, Bridge Community Church. Good to have you with us today. Happy Father's Day. Uh, it is a great day to be with you today and just to not just take a few moments and acknowledge our dads, um, but anyone that's really been like a father to us. So if you haven't placed your phone call, if you haven't sent a text message or an email uh, to a father or to a father figure, I want to encourage you to do that this morning. And for those of you maybe that have lost your dads or have lost um, those that are like father figures to you, um, you know, it's not... A, it, it, Reach out to someone, you know, that's close to you. Just let them know that you express it. Maybe write it down. We just want to say that we appreciate the men in our lives that are dads to us. So thank you guys for pouring into the people around you and for being dads to those that are your children and for those maybe that are like children to you. Um, you know, before we get started this morning, I just want to say a couple quick things. Um, we have some more guests with us this morning. Uh, we've got Pastor Rob over there. You just saw him on the announcements. Um, but hey, first off, before we shirt. get with what? With in a different shirt. In a different shirt. That's right. You're a quick changer, right? Yeah. Um, but one thing I was thinking of, you know, you guys do a really great job with the announcements. And as I was watching that this morning, I was thinking, uh, first off, if you guys appreciate Pastor Rob and Pastor Matt doing the announcements, you should send messages to them this morning. So you can send it to rob at bridgecomchurch.org or matt at bridgecomchurch.org. But here's something that just came into my mind right now. Um, wonder where Pastor Rob and Pastor Matt could do their next announcement from. So if you have an idea on where you want them to do their announcements from next time, send a message to, to info at bridgecomchurch.org and Christy will forward it. Maybe it'll be on the roof of the church or maybe it'll be at a McDonald's or maybe it'll be in your backyard. That would be pretty funny actually, wouldn't it? Who knows? I mean, you did the baptistry this past week and that was pretty fun. Um, but anyway, uh, totally unrelated to what we're going to talk about today, but it was in my mind, so I said I thought I'd say something about it. But I do want to say something that you guys talked about um, in the announcements, and that's next coming Sunday, yeah. that we have the all-church uh, service, the gathering that's going to be right outside of our church here, weather permitting, um, at 10 o'clock on Sunday, right? And uh, rain date's going to be the following week, uh, but hopefully we're not going to have any rain. And if we don't have any rain, then we're going to have a service at 10 o'clock, yeah. and you can bring your lawn chairs, you can bring your pop-ups, and we're going to have a great time next Sunday. Um, after that, we are actually looking to go back to services at the 9 o'clock and the 11 o'clock time slots in-house, in-service, with limited uh, space. And we're going to talk more about that next week so that you're aware of it. But we're also going to continue our live streams. I think that's yeah. important for people because not everyone's at a place where they want to come back right. yet. Um, so anyway, I just wanted to mention that. And we are really thrilled to be able to spend a few moments today and talk about a really interesting topic. If you guys are joining us this week for the second week, you know that we're uh, second week into a series called You Asked For It. You Asked For It is a series that we, are, we do periodically at Bridge where we ask people in the church to ask us big questions, things that they're talking about, things that maybe the culture is talking about, uh, and um, what does God's word say about it? Uh, if people are talking about it outside the church, in their homes, in their communities, it's something we need to be talking about inside the church because Jesus was very relational. And the word of God is not just something that we learn on Sundays. It's something that's supposed to transform our hearts for the way that we live and the way that we interact with other people. Um, last week, we talked about the racial divide and we spent some time. And that was just a starting point for where that's going to continue. We're going to use that as a starting point to continue those conversations. Um, but this week, uh, we got a question in that... Um, some of our guests here this morning are going to help us talk about. And the question was, I'm going to pull up on my phone. The question was, I have a transgender friend who's asking questions about Jesus. If they get saved, how should I go about discipling them? If they get saved, how should I go about discipling them? So the, the question is, we have a transgender friend and the transgender friend 
uh, is interested in Jesus, and if that's the case, then how should we go about discipling them? And I love this question because for two reasons. One, it's really all about discipleship. The question's all about discipleship. Um, How do we disciple someone? And they they, um, identify a specific situation. But the second part about this that I love is that the individual situation actually is not uh, unique, meaning that discipleship, and what we're going to talk about today about discipleship, is applicable to whether you're talking about someone who's transgender, whether they have a different gender, whether their sexual preferences, whether they have some type of sin in their life, whether they're from a different culture or a different creed. It doesn't matter. The bigger question that we're going to talk about today is making disciples. And what's so really awesome about this subject is that discipleship making is the very thing that Jesus commanded us to do. If you go to Matthew chapter 28 and you look at Matthew 28, 18 through 20, you see scripture uh, where Jesus is getting ready to leave. He goes back to heaven. Before he does that, he says, um, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And he says, therefore, go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And uh, surely I'm with you to the very end of the age. And, and what he's really saying there, the command people think sometimes is go, and it's actually not. The command and the actual wording is, as you go, and the command is make disciples. So this morning we're talking all about making disciples, and whether we're talking about this individual situation that was sent to us, or any individual situation that you have, it's going to apply to everyone in their backgrounds. And uh, we thought, I thought it would be really important to talk about discipleship this morning by specifically bringing in some key people that can talk about discipleship. So Pastor Rob is with us today uh, because you're the discipleship pastor, so you know everything about discipleship, right? <laughs> well, you know a lot. I mean, I thought, you know, the length of your beard indicates how much you know, you know, so you're a pretty, pretty wise guy. So we have Pastor Rob here, and he's going to talk about discipleship, but we also brought two guests with us. I mean, to my right uh, is my oldest daughter, Sarah. So by the way, thank you for that video. That was very nice. Happy Father's Day. Oh, thanks. So, so Sarah's here with us today, and she's going to talk a little bit about her experiences uh, in discipleship. And then we have Kathy LaCourt with us today. And Kathy has been a part of our church for, how long has it been now? Maybe six years? Seven years? Eight years? Wow. Wow. Eight years. It's been eight years. That's amazing. So you've been here and, uh, uh, for eight years now, and you um, you have some great things to share today about how discipleship has really changed your life. Mm-hmm. Um, so what I want to do this morning is just open with a word of prayer, and then just we're going to have another conversation today. Um, yeah, let's let's start there. Father, we just come before you today, and I thank you for loving us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to talk with us um, and to speak in us and through us. And in Jesus' name, I just pray that you would love us. Um, or show us how your love for us is intentional um, and transformational. God, we just open our hearts to you today. May we not just speak words, but may our words around discipleship today uh, touch our hearts and touch those that are listening. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, Just before we get started, I need to say something else about just the conversation uh, idea. Again, this is the second time we're doing this format here uh, at Bridge. But, um, you know, I don't know where you guys are individually, but I know in the culture that we're in right now, um, conversations are less and less the norm. We have a lot of people in this world right now that are telling us that to actually exist, you need to polarize. You either need to agree with someone or you disagree with someone. And if you disagree with someone, you either fight them or you avoid them. And that is not a biblical approach on how we're supposed to interact with anyone. Um, but, uh, but that is what we're supposed to do as a church. We're supposed to have conversations. So that's why we're doing this. Not everything that we say here today is going to encapsulate everything we want to talk about. 
but it's definitely going to get the balls rolling and the conversation started. So um, we're talking about discipleship. We're going to talk a little bit about the significance of discipleship. And, um, and yeah, let's get started by talking about that. Um, what, let's ask the question first with discipleship. What is discipleship? What is the definition of discipleship? Um, you guys are going to share your stories in a little bit, but can you give us a little bit of understanding as to what discipleship actually is? And uh, why don't we start with the expert over here? Yeah. The expert, I know, yeah. I'm just messing with you. Yeah. Pressure's on this. Yeah. What is discipleship to you? So, I mean, a disciple is somebody who's a student, so I can be a disciple of anything. I can be a disciple of any um, talent. I can be a disciple of any person. I could be a disciple of any thing that I want to learn. Like I'm, I, you know, maybe to, in today's culture we might call them like interns. We hired a new intern here, so I have a disciple that's a media intern at Bridge. And you know, like even if you look at it in those sorts of ideas, a protege, yeah. a mentor, mm-hmm. mentoree, um, that's the, the word disciple. So it's becoming a student. So in a church, in our spiritual world, spiritual growth, it is becoming a student of. Jesus. How do we follow Jesus? Learning to follow Jesus. And um, so a disciple in the church world would be discipleship is learning to follow Jesus or taking a journey. It's movement. It's uh, not stagnant. It actually is, you know, as you said, the, in the, the commandment is as you go, make disciples. So it's, a, it's an ongoing movement uh, of, of our growth and, grow, and maturing in our walk with God or in our relationship. Um, one of my friends says it like this, is that it's a daily choice for change. A daily choice for change or growth. Yeah, and that's a daily choice for change or growth in our walk with God. Yeah. So every morning I have to choose. Do I want to be a disciple? And what am I going to be a disciple of today? Yeah. Am I going to be a disciple of the news media? Am I going to be a disciple of, you know, whoever the most famous person is in our culture? Or am I going to be a disciple of Jesus today? Yeah. One of the definitions that I saw of discipleship was... Um, Someone who follows a person or a different way of life. Mm. And that's what you're talking yeah. about is looking at individual situations. How are, people, um, how are people learning a new way of walking and living? Yeah, yeah and that's, that's super important. So we're going to talk about discipleship, but not just any discipleship. We're talking specifically about spiritual discipleship and following Christ. So um, that's, that's our conversation this morning. And uh, Let's, let's talk a little bit this morning before, because there's going to be people that are listening this morning. And they're going to say, um, I'm a follower of Jesus. I understand what discipleship is. That's all fine. That's great. Um, but then there's going to be other people that say, like, why, why do I even care? Right. Why do we even care? I mean, the Christian church has a lot of positives associated with it. Christianity has a lot of positives, but there's a lot of misunderstandings of Christianity as well. And when people hear the word disciple, it can evoke... Uh, cults, it can evoke all these kinds of crazy thoughts, right, right, around what it looks like. And I don't want anything to do with that, people can think. So before we go any further and talk about the positive elements of discipleship, what does it look like to be a disciple and to have someone teach you and disciple you, um, let's talk about the benefits of discipleship. So, Kathy, let's, let's start with you, and let's, let's ask the question, um, what does healthy discipleship look like? Or let me say it this way. How has discipleship actually changed you? Because your story is that you didn't really become a follower of Christ until you were in like 50. Okay. You're going to say the name, the the age. I'm not going to say it. Okay. So you were 50 years old. You don't look 50 by the way. Thank you. No more than 48. So, and I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, but you, you started following Christ when you were 50. Yeah. Right. So talk to us about what discipleship has looked like for you and how it's changed you. Um, I had 
to me, it was a gift from God. Uh, Nadawa is my mentor. And she was um, so real when she presented everything to Jesus. She told me things um, that I didn't know. I never read the Bible. I was 50 years old, and I never read the Bible. And I had tons of questions. She was so patient with me because I would, you know, ask her anything. She would, you know, walk me through it. Nothing was too silly. She never mocked me. But discipleship was, I had such a hunger when I came to Christ, and I wanted it filled, and I didn't know where to go. And she was, she would talk to me. She would send me CDs. She would send me books. She just wanted to pour into me. And because of that, it, it, it just it just ignited me is all I can say. Yeah. I just had such a fire because uh, the things I remember, the two right the night that I gave my life to Christ was one, that he loved me. I know that sounds silly, but to hear God loved me, I needed to hear it at that moment. How does that differ? Before you became a follower of Christ, um, you didn't believe that? What was your life I, like? Um, I tried very much to fit into this world. I tried to conform to what the standards of the world were, okay. thinking that's what's going to make me happy. And I failed every single time. And then all of a sudden, I hear that God Almighty, creator of everything in the world, created me to be me and for a purpose. And I was here at this time. That's the thing that blew me away. He chose to have me born at the time I was to be in this world at this time. Mm-hmm. And I always laugh at that saying when it says, why do you try to fit in when I created you to stand out? And I laugh because all my life I did that. And now it's like I just, you know, the night that I gave my life to Christ, he accepted me, baggage and all, just right where I was. Mm. And it just made me feel like I had a worth. And I never felt that way before. Wow, that's really awesome. And I think a lot of people can identify with that Mm -hmm. because what you're telling me what you're telling us is that your identity was being changed. That Jesus helped change your identity because the world around us tells us our value is determined by what we do, how we perform, right? Um, Talks about um, our identity is in what we can give and how we can Mm -hmm. serve other people and not selfless serving, but just what we have to offer. Mm -hmm. And you're saying that your identity was transformed because Jesus brought you into his relationship with him exactly the way you were. And he sees the value in you, regardless of what other people say. Right. That's, that's transformational. I always thought, like, people change you to be like them. Yeah. Jesus transforms you to be the way he created mm-hmm. you to be. Really good. That's what I liked. That's really good. <laughs> that's cool. So hold that thought for a second. Sarah, um, you're here today um, for a few reasons, uh, but, but your path is different. You didn't come to Christ when you were 50 because you're not 50. <laughs> nope. um, neither am I, so that's a good thing. Um, but... Uh, you spent four years out of high school. You went to college for four years. Um, you got your, your bachelor's degree. You came back to this area. Uh, you worked for over a year in the social work industry as a, as a, as a social worker. Uh, and I remember hearing you all through college talking about wanting to have experience, an experience where you could continue to deepen your relationship spiritually. Work, I mean, college filled one component of what you were about, but it didn't... Um, it didn't answer the question of how you could really grow spiritually, I think, in listening mm-hmm. to you talk about that. So when you came home and you started working, that was still something that was on your, on your radar. And, you know, when, when Jacob um, uh, 
my, my son, your, your brother, uh, went to South Carolina <laughs> School of Leadership the year before, that sparked something in you when you went to the graduation. And then you quit your job after working there for over a year. And last year, you went down to South Carolina School of Leadership in Columbia and began a one-year gap program uh, to basically grow in your relationship with God. Mm -hmm. And I wanted you to talk a little bit about what discipleship has meant for you and why that has been such a significant experience for you. Yeah, okay. Well, before I decided to go to the school in South Carolina, um, I kind of felt like, well, I knew Jesus my whole life, like since I was five, grew up in the church. Um, But I felt like something was kind of missing. Like I would continually come back to this cycle of like, I know Jesus, I know who he is, I know who he is, but I feel like I'm getting stuck, I'm getting stuck. I keep coming back to the same things of feeling like I'm wandering or feeling kind of like, um, kind of down or not like clinically depressed, but in those kind of patterns. Discouraged. And Discouraged, thank right. you. I couldn't yeah. think of the word. <laughs> um and so I was like, I really want to do something that will deepen my relationship with Jesus because something's missing. And I've, I feel like that's the piece that's really going to hmm. fill it in. Um, that's going to really add purpose to my life. And that's, that's what Jesus does. He adds purpose to our life. He gives us a new yeah. identity. <laughs> um, and so um, some of the things that like really impacted me this year were the intentional discipleship. Um, is this like what you wanted me to kind yeah, of go down? Yeah. Okay. There's so many opportunities that I was given this year to be poured into by other people. We have like mentors that they um, that they give you called a staff coach, where they like um, will meet with you. Um, you can it's a safe place to ask questions, a safe right. place, and I have a lot of those. Um, a safe place to ask questions, a safe place for you to expose kind of this is what's going on in my mind and my heart. Show me what's true and what God says about about the Bible, about Himself, and what is just a lie that I'm believing. Um, and that was really impactful to me this year, but the community that I kind of was in that, um, we all were walking towards Jesus together and that accountability is so, so beneficial. Yeah. Okay, cool. So hold that thought for a little bit because we're going to come back to that. Um, we're going to go to pastor Rob here just for a minute because your story of discipleship is different from both of theirs, right? And, and I think you have a pretty cool story too. So how about you talk a little bit about why discipleship matters to you and what your journey was? Right. So I grew up in the church. I grew up as a pastor's kid, same as Sarah. <laughs> and, um, you know, went to, went, to, went to Bible college, and I'm in the middle of Bible college going, I, ha- I know God, but there's not like a, like a relationship there, right? Like there's no... There's a relationship, but it's like a, an acquaintance, like, you know, like that sort of idea. Yeah. And, um, you see him on the holidays. Yeah. Kind of like that. Kind yeah. Kind of, yeah. Like yeah. That, that family yeah. member who's yeah. like there. Yeah, you see him but... at Thanksgiving and sometimes you see him, you know, yeah. like at a like, but I grew of up July. In, I grew up, my dad was an evangelist. We went to church every night of the week almost. It felt like when he was doing revivals and stuff, yeah. but there was never like an ownership in my own faith. Yeah. And, um, so I, a lot of times, like I saw something in other people that I was like, I want that. Like, I want that relationship. Mm. And um, I want to know God in those ways. I want to be able to live my life in those ways. And um, so one of my Bible college professors said this quote all the time. And he, yeah. And he, he said, give away that which you wish you had. And at that moment, like my heart changed. I was like, God, okay, I'm going to start finding people mm-hmm. who 
I can ask, hey, I want to have a relationship. I want to be able to hear God like you hear God. So teach me how to do that. I want to know how to, you know, use godly wisdom and making decisions the way that I see you. And so I'm, I started asking questions to those people, you know, and started, hey, will you disciple me in that area yeah. of my life? And, um, and then as I went into youth ministry as a youth pastor, and I, there's a huge gap in the, in the church, not bridge and not like any specific church, but in well, the church in general. We can say bridge too. I yeah, mean, this bridge, is something we've yeah. talked about for years. Yeah. It's one of the hardest things for us to do as a church, but for Christianity in general. Yeah. We can create events for people to come to, and people are more willing to do that. But real discipleship, and we're going to talk about some of the components of that, it's really hard to encourage people to do that. And it's things that we've wrestled with as well. So we can be part of that. That's okay. And it was like one of those things. It was like, give away that which you wish you had. Yeah. And um, so that's what I I tried to do (laughs) and tried to learn. So I learned and then... Something that I heard all of you talk about, which I think is really cool, and maybe you guys can talk about it a little bit, is um, discipleship is about learning a new way of life. Spiritual discipleship isn't about learning information. It's about transformation through relationship, Mm -hmm. right? And all of you are talking about is relationship. So, you know, if I'm watching this right now and I'm listening, you know, I'm not hearing people say, you need to go to church so that you can learn more about the facts of the Bible. Because I know a lot of people that quote scriptures in this Bible, and I don't want to, I don't want anything to do with them. You know, I'm not saying, I'm not calling out names. I'm just saying there's a lot of people historically that are great at quoting scriptures. Jesus even talked about that in the New Testament with the Pharisees. He said, you guys are great on the outside, but you're dead on the inside. You know the word, but the word isn't in you, right. if that makes sense. Right. So this isn't about what we can fill our heads with. Mm-hmm. It's about the relationship that you're talking about. We need to know the word of God, but you all are talking about the thing that's missing is not head knowledge. It's the relationship, right? right? right. So what did the relationship, how did the, Kathy, how did the relationship, you talked about identity. Um, how did the relationship with Jesus, how is the relationship with Jesus transforming you? Like what's one other example of something you could say, I mean, because of my relationship with Christ, I was this way. Now I actually am this. Um, there was actually uh, two things that really came to pass during this pandemic. <clears throat> and, um, one was God tr- uh, has taught me, Jesus has taught me to be in the moment mm-hmm. for years, all of my life. I worried about next week, tomorrow, this, that, What am I going to be like when I'm old? What's going to happen? All this stuff. And he would always say, you know, be with me in the moment. Be with me in the moment. And when I stopped worrying about what's going to happen, oh, you know, all this other stuff, it was like I saw what he was doing in my life. And I could sense him. I could, you know, just, and there was a peace about it. And that's what I liked is all this time was chaos. And then all of a sudden now it's like peace, you know, and Mm -hmm. it was just, amazing and and he will talk to you during those times all stuff that you worried about and he will say you know let it go you know he talks to you the way you need to be taught to that's the one thing i'd say about jesus he'll talk to you differently each one but it's just that was the one thing and the other thing was fear fear uh consumed me um and it doesn't consume me anymore it really doesn't because uh, I even have this little thing when I, when something will come and I, he reminded me of this morning and I laughed, um, when something, I'm going to be hit with something that rocks my world that really does scare me. I've learned to say it and I'll say it just like this. You got this, right? God, you got this. And it's almost like when I say that in that moment, I'm saying, I've read your word. 
I believe your word. I know who you are, and I trust you. So that's my thing, that fear, no matter what it is, he reminds me that I'm going to be with you. Yeah. And that kind of thing. So those two things I found were like really pivotal in my life. Those are great. Those are great. You talk about the first part about being, and I I bet you all of us could talk a little bit about the difference between always striving for the next thing Mm -hmm. versus really that is the beauty of what the gospel is about. When Jesus said in this, in John 10, 10, I've come that you will have life and abundant life. Mm -hmm. He wasn't saying one day when you die and you're no longer of this world, you're going to be able to dwell in heaven and have wings and float around like angels. You know, I mean, that's like a cartoon example of what right. it looks like to be a Christian. It has right. nothing to do with reality, um, except for the heaven part. Um, <laughs> but he is saying you can have life and life begins now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, as a kid, I always struggled to say, I can't wait till I'm old enough to, you know, get my license. I can't wait till I'm old enough to, you know, go to school. I can't wait till I'm old enough to not have a curfew. I can't wait till I'm, I get married. I can't wait. And there's always these things. And it's good for us to pursue those things mm-hmm. and be excited for them. But if we're always living for the future and we're not actually learning to be in the moment, especially when Jesus is involved, mm-hmm. we miss the relationship. Yep. You know, I've told people many times over the years. Now, I wasn't around when this happened, but um, years ago... People used to get their milk from milkmen. You know, they'd actually yep. come to the door, right? Yep, so I you did. probably remember, I not did. because you experienced it. I did. But maybe you did experience it? <laughs> we lived in the city, yeah, we had milkmen. You had milkmen? Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's cool. So how often would the milkmen come? Like they come every day yep. to drop off something right. new. Most people know the name or would know the name of their milkman. Mm-hmm. But most people don't know the name of the cashier at Costco. Right. Because when I go to Costco, I go once a month. Or my wife goes once a month or however often. You don't know the people that you see periodically. You don't know them well in relationship. The milkman, you probably know their name. They probably know a little bit of their family or their background. Because there's a constant contact, and that's what I hear you talking about. Mm -hmm. Being in the moment means being in relationship with Jesus every single day. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Sarah, what what about you? Just something else regarding relationship. How has relationship with Christ influenced you today? Well, honestly, that was the biggest thing that was like trans formative to me this year was taking my like knowledge of Jesus to relationship with Jesus. Um, and one of those things was like learning that I can approach him and learning that like I can go to God and he wants to be involved in our everyday lives. Um, and he is involved in our everyday lives, but he wants us to see that. And so through that relationship, I can have more peace. That was honestly a big thing for me. I can have more peace um, when things are confusing or I'm getting stressed out about things or I can um, talk to him in the middle of um, ShopRite or I can talk to him when I'm driving and I got nervous about something or just even like anything. It makes it more of a um, relationship of I'm following Jesus um, and knowing him, not just I'm learning a bunch of facts because there's not just because he is alive and he is um, interacting with us now. Really good. Uh, you talked about nervousness. You talked about fear. What an incredible opportunity to talk about how peace with Christ oh, yeah. over the yeah. last couple of months. Mm-hmm. I mean, people are unglued, not just in our culture, in our, in our country, but in the world. I mean, and if you really want to continue to be unglued, just keep filling yourself every day with everything the news has to oh, tell yeah. you. Oh, yeah. Because they don't write peace they write 
um, they write unsettledness, you know, and, and our hearts are always polarizing. And let's talk about the unrest and the anxiety and, and people, especially I'll talk to Christians in this situation, but it's been a challenge. I mean, not just for me, but in talking with people to say, stay grounded with what you have and what matters. Because, you know, I, I had just talked with someone the other, the other uh, week about some of this, and they were talking about how all the things they're hearing, it's hard for them to have that kind of peace. How do we have this peace? How do I deal with this peace? And, and they keep spouting all this stuff that they're listening to. And I said, listen, like, let's look at these wonderful bridge mugs, by the way. <laughs> so kudos to Christy for putting these, getting these bridge mugs together. But anyway, they're these really mugs, nice. you know, they're only filled with water. Someone asked me last week what we were drinking. It's just water. Um, <laughs> but, but if our lives are like a vessel, right, mm -hmm. and we can only fill it with a certain amount of stuff, the way that we understand peace is to empty ourselves of the world so that Jesus can fill ourselves mm -hmm. with something else. Right. If all we do is spend hours a day on social media and listening to news and listening to the reports, we have no room to fill ourselves with the things of God. So how can we expect a little scripture verse in the morning that we just hear and we don't reflect on or we don't meditate on or, you know, just a message, you know, that's a 15-minute devotional that we have. How do we expect that to compete with five hours of everything that we're right. filling our right. minds with? Right. We have to have a better balance. Mm -hmm. and, it, and Jesus is wonderful. He can take something that's this big and transform us. Mm -hmm. But we have to ask ourselves what we're dwelling on. So that, that's really good. Relationship matters, and what we said is really good there, Sarah. Rob, do you have anything about relationship you want to add before we, we talk about some of the other pieces? I just think the relationship is key. And I know we're specifically talking about relationship with Jesus, right? Jesus is the great discipler, right? Through his word, he disciples us and teaches us. But also just relationship with others. I think that oftentimes we're so afraid to actually, like, form a relationship with somebody who might be able to mentor us or might be go out on a limb and ask a question. Hey, you know, I've asked Kathy before, hey, teach me some things about, yeah. you know, prayer. You know, I've, ha I've asked her that question. You pray, I want to know, like, teach me, teach me some stuff, you is know. Is she willing to help you or does she shut you up? <laughs> well, I mean, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, she's great. We'll talk about you that know? later. <laughs> to, have a conver to have conversations like that. And I think yeah. so oftentimes we're afraid to actually just yeah. have, engage in that relationship. And God, Jesus is putting those people in our lives to yeah. do just that. That's right. That's really good. I think we're going to, we're touching on this in a minute, but let me just say one thing about fear and anxiety too. I think it's important is we do live in such an uncertain time right now that I think people, how do I say this? I think the world needs to see what it's like for people who generally call themselves followers of Christ to, a, to experience peace in the midst of storms yeah. because we live in a storm. Like we are in a stormy world right now mm -hmm. and it doesn't mean sometimes that the storm goes away, right? I mean, it hasn't gone away yet. Mm -hmm. Every morning I turn the news on or I read, the storm's still there, the storm's still there. Sometimes the storm goes away and we experience peace, but many times Jesus says, I will give you peace in the midst of the storm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and we do that through, you know, not just being in his word, but becoming connected to him on a daily basis. Exactly. Um, you, you guys were touching on something about some of the character traits, and I want to turn the corner a little bit because I think this is important. Discipleship, and we defined it a little bit. We talked about the benefits of it. It's still this like untangible kind of a blob for people sometimes that go, how do I know if I'm being discipled? What, what does it look like? You know what I mean? We hear discipleship and people go, well, what does that mean? How do I do that? <clears throat> how do I get discipled? How do I disciple other people? What's my role? You know, so talk to me just for a few minutes about what are some of the most important things that you have experienced through discipleship? Like if you were going to sit here and say, if, if, if I can look at one or two things that were transformational in my discipleship process, maybe it was a character trait of someone who discipled you or just an environment, what would you say 
was important for any of you to experience genuine discipleship, spiritual discipleship? Um, it's definitely a relationship, and what I liked was trust. It was a safe place that I could uh, talk to somebody, not be judged or anything like that, and honesty. Uh, I was so, uh, I want to say raw, but I didn't know a lot, and she just very tenderly would talk to me and tell me the truth in a way that wasn't offensive yeah. or anything, and she would always say, what we talk about, we talk about. Yeah. And I, later on, when I did disciple people, I would always say, what happens in this room stays in this room, yeah. Yeah. so that you can tell me anything. And I, there's things I was told, and I will not tell anybody. I always say it's between you and me and God. That's it. You just started that by saying, you talked about basically, I'm paraphrasing what you said, but relationship, growing in discipleship or relationship with Christ required you to have relationship Absolutely. with someone else. Absolutely. And I think yeah. that that's, that's becoming more and more difficult for people in this, in this current context that we're in in this world because people want to tell people what to do right. or what to believe. But the, the genuine relationship is, is, is lacking sometimes. Right. You know, we've replaced genuine community and relationship with social community, social medias, um, visiting people or seeing someone on a Sunday morning and waving. And then we hear people say all the time, the church is a lot of phonies and people have, they're wearing masks and everything. Well, if you're in people's lives with real relationship and you're sharing and they're sharing, you know that the masks come down. And that's where real discipleship happens. So you had a real relationship with the person that walked right. with you for a while. Well, it's almost like Jesus. He's real, and he accepted me where I was, and yeah. she did the exact same thing. Yeah. So to me, she mm. was the real deal. Mm. And that's, I mean, she, everything she said, she was. So it was a real safe, it was really safe, and I knew I could trust her. Good. And everything that she would say, and I mean, I was like totally obedient. You know, read the Bible every day. Where do I start? She said the New Testament, which I was like, okay, cool. And I you didn't have, start in Numbers or Leviticus? Nope. She okay. said to start in the New Testament. And, uh, or, or Revelation. That yeah, that would have been oh. a good one. But um, no, it just, I would say, and like I said, I've since discipled people, and I will always remember how I felt. You yeah. know, if, if there's a transformational time in your life, you're going to remember exactly how you felt. So yeah. I think that honesty and a relationship and, you know, this, it opened up a whole new world and it was like, wow, you're my first new friend. You know, I need to know about this. And so, yeah. Yeah. I like what you said about, she pointed you to the new Testament because, uh, and we do that too, but here's the the why behind it. Um, Being a Christian is not, I'm not a Christian because the Bible says I'm a Christian. Mm -hmm. I'm not a follower. I'm not a Christian because I read the right scriptures or I learned the right books. I'm a Christian because Jesus rose from the dead. I'm a Christian because he died on the cross and he rose from the dead. And for me to really become a Christian, I need to know the Jesus that gave his life for me. So that's why we tell people all the time, like what's one of the most, the number one book gospel books we tell people to start with, read the gospel of John, right? That's what we say, right? Pastor Rob, read the gospel of John. Why? Because the gospel of John speaks about the love of Christ and his words. Then I tell people go to Mark because Mark then talks about the acts of Christ and it's all about getting to know Jesus, right? We've talked about this all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, oftentimes we we're like i said before we're afraid to ask about that have that conversation you you met your person who you wanted to disciple and you you ask you said i want to i want to know what you want to have what you have yeah i think uh, we 
I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I think that sometimes we're afraid to be that real with people, like what Kathy was talking about. Yeah. I know for me, that was it. I'm a pastor's kid. I grew up in church. Like, yeah. I should know all the answers. I should already be at, you know, whatever level, you know, now I'm yeah, in well, Bible. Problem, now I'm in Bible college, <laughs> right? Now I'm in Bible college, and yeah. it's like, I'm at yeah. Valley Forge studying to be in ministry, and it's like, wow, there's a lot of empty space here that needs to be filled. Yeah. A lot of questions that need to be answered. Yeah. Yeah. Sarah, what about you? What's, uh, What's something that you think specifically, and you went to SCSL, but what's something that you pulled out of that to say this has been formative you know, and instrumental in helping me in my, in my relationship with Christ? A character yeah. trait or a leadership trait, yeah. something. Well, first of all, something that is crucial to following Jesus is knowing Jesus. So somebody who knows Jesus and not just somebody who knows what the... Knows about Jesus. Yeah, knows about Jesus. <laughs> yeah. That's literally, it was such a huge theme for yeah. me, but like um, going, wow, that person has a friendship with Jesus. I was like, wow, I want that. Like, mm-hmm. I want to have a friendship with Jesus like that person does. Um, but also, I think it's really important for someone who is discipling someone else to ask really good questions, like mm-hmm. um, to help you like think through some foundational things that you you have um, that can help you get back to the word of God. I keep pointing at your Bible because it's right there. But <laughs> um, there you go. Oh, thank you. you. Can hold it. Nate can hold it and shake it. <laughs> Hit me over the head with it if you like. I'm just kidding. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the the trust thing is a big a big deal as well. Um, with the with just um, along with that, like the accountability. You have to be able to trust somebody asking good questions is um, a really big thing for me. Instead of somebody just talking to me or talking at me, I, I want help to understand, like, Jesus better and kind of come to those conclusions on our own. Mm-hmm. You've done that with us before. <laughs> like, well, what happens to this? Yeah, let's ask but, a question. Yeah. Let's not just give you the answer. Right? Yeah, because then yeah. it's more of your own. Yeah. And it's, yeah, yeah, it's more of your own. You have to want to be discipled in the first place. Yep. Um, I could have gone to SCSL and not really wanted to be discipled and I would have just kind of been the same person afterwards. Like, yeah. Yeah. In a different way. I was just thinking when you said that, um, um, my dad growing up, I used to ask him all the time questions on how to spell words. (laughs) How do you spell this word? And from the other room consistently, if he's listening today, I know exactly. He's going to say exactly what I'm about to say. Look it up. Look it up. (laughs) And I would sit there and like, just tell me how to spell the word. And he was just like, look it up, look it up. I mean, literally within hand's reach, arm's reach was my dictionary. But I wouldn't pull it out myself. And there's there's something about that. You know, you've talked about the idea to say what's been powerful for discipleship. I mean, pointing someone to go do the work and I'll walk with you is good. But but go do the work is important. You know, you've talked about ownership. You all talked about it a little bit as well. But... But ownership matters, right? I mean, talk to me about ownership and what you've seen, not just in your own life, but how you see it affecting people. Yeah, I, I think that, like like what you said, it's sometimes it's easy to be like, hey, let's just tell somebody what they should be doing. Or, hey, here's, yeah, here's a scripture that speaks to where you're at, Sarah, and mm-hmm. that really makes you feel good. And in the moment, it may be helpful for a second, yeah. but it's not helpful in the long span of like discipleship is not a, not an instantaneous process. It's a journey. It's, it's a, a journey. lifelong yeah. journey. Definitely. Yeah. And so if I have somebody tell me what I need to do here, it's not, not going to impact when the situation arises six months later, a year later, you know, and we have to own that. It's like, 
you know, we, we talk about our bridge, it's listen, learn, and live, right? So yeah. we listen to God, we have a relationship with Him, we learn by going to His Word and discovering, and not somebody telling us, but having somebody who is willing to challenge you and say, what, you know, what does God's Word say about that? You know, go home, you know, I've discipled, I've walked with people, it's like, hey, this is what you're walking through, I'm not going to give you the answer to it. Go home and look at God's word. Here's where you might want to start to look. You know what I mean? And yeah. let them discover the answers on their own because they're going to, it's, it's, an, it's, it's part of my faith. And then it's like, and then what are you going to do with that? It's the next part of that. It's like, I'm going to, yeah. uh, what am I going to do with my faith? So live it out. How am I going to put that word into action? Because yeah. we might know it, but now how do we walk it out? Someone comes to us with a situation where they're fearful. I can't let go of this fear. I don't know what to do. Paul, how do I do this? What do I do this? And I could just say, well, you know, blah, 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 blah. This scripture, this scripture, this scripture. Or you can say, which I've done, and you have to, you have to consider who the person is. Because right. if they don't know where to start, you have to give them something to start right, with. Exactly. You can't just say, go figure it out. That's actually not caring. You know, just <laughs> We're go, helpful. <laughs> go figure it out. Jesus loves you, but I'm busy. You know, that, that's, not, yeah. that's not helpful, right? But what you can say is, well, why don't you go home? And you have a book, you have a Bible, you have a concordance, you have the internet now. I mean, my goodness, so much stuff on the internet for resources. Find everything you can that talks about how we're supposed to deal with fear in Scripture. Mm -hmm. And and there's something about that. One, the initiative is taken on by the individual. And you said something to me powerfully the other day, Kathy, when you talked about ownership. Remember, do you, remember what you said about about you know your investment in the process when you talked about taking ownership of your discipleship. About the, how rewarding it was. Yeah, mean? just like how, um, how necessary it was I for said, you to own it. Yeah. You know? I, 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 it, it really was, in, in a way, rewarding because, like, she would be all excited because I was growing. But you said something, I'm going to say, and Sarah said it too, and I agree. You had to want it. You have to it. want that's to it. be disciple. You right. have to. Yeah. And, when, and that's why I said it's a, God, it's a gift from God. It's right in front of you. Yeah. And the thing is, what are you going to do with it? Yeah. But there was like such a fire in me and yeah. I just, well, I even did it with you when I was doing, I'm doing, okay, everything with me has to be based with God, has to yeah. be, you know, I said, it has to be, I just want to make sure it is. Okay. So we're on this right way. And cause I know I could get like, you know, off on it and he goes, nope, that's right. Or all right, turn here a little bit. Okay, cool. That's what I want. I mean, you have to want it and you have to want it. You have to be accepting to be discipled. In other words, you can't yeah. just be headstrong thinking, well, this is the way it's going to be. No, yeah. to be discipled, you're being changed. You're being yeah. transform, transformed. Discipleship yeah. would be easy if there was a list of things. That, like, yeah. oh, this is just what I need to go do. No, I can't and now it. all of a sudden I'm a disciple. Yeah. Yeah. Like it'd be, it would seriously <laughs> no. be, it'd be easy, but it's, life yeah. isn't easy. There's yeah. not a yeah. There's not a how-to guide on life. Yeah. Right? We, we like, understand this outside of the spiritual realm because right. people understand if they want to achieve a goal, they actually have to want it. So let's talk about what want looks like, okay? Because if I want something and I want something, it's the same word. It can mean very different things, mm-hmm. right? I want to be discipled doesn't mean I'm going to be discipled. Like I'm now being discipled. This is silly, mm-hmm. right? But that sometimes people will, will look at Christianity right. and a relationship with Jesus and say, the scripture says, if I wait on the Lord, my strength will be renewed and I'm waiting on God. This is silly, but it's mm-hmm. like, then they're waiting on God yeah. and they're just sitting there. That's not the kind of want that you're mm-hmm. talking about. Mm-hmm. Tell me what want looks like from any of your perspectives. If you really want it, what happens? Um, wanting Jesus was, I think for me, uh, and I guess I could associate a lot with Peter. I want it to walk on water. I mean, it sounds funny, but I wanted every single thing that God had to offer for me. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear his voice. I wanted to be... Uh, he says, you're going to do greater things than me. That blew me away. Really? I'm going to do, I mean, everything was just, 
Uh, I want everything that he'd say. So I want my life changed. I don't want to be this miserable. I don't want to be this, this depressed. I don't want to feel like I have to perform for other people. I want to be me and so I want to be comfortable. So what happened though? Because a lot of people want stuff and they never get it. You know what? So what's it's the difference? spending time with him and being real. And there's times like in, the living, in my living room and I still do it. If there's something that I don't understand or something, yeah. I just sit there and I will say, I need to hear from you. Yeah. I really need to hear from you. Yeah. And, you know, and he knows me. Like people say, oh, sit and wait on the Lord. That is like the hardest thing for me to calm down. But he knows that. Yeah. And he also gives me an opportunity through my worship is usually fast, 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 slow, slow, slow. I have to get that energy out of me so that I can calm down. Yeah. And how, how can you do it? You read, you listen, you talk to people. And you know what? What you learn, try it out. If he says to do it, it's scary. But if he says to, you know, walk something out, the Holy Spirit says he's going to be with you. And you literally take a step. And you're going to be scared, but it's going to be, you want a relationship with Christ? Take a step out. Well, I hear you saying, like, waiting is active. Yeah. Yeah, Waiting is is not passive. So you wanted that for four years. Every year you came back from college. I really want to do this thing. I really want to do. And we'd say that with the same conversation all the time. Sarah, did God call you to the school? Did he call you to the college? Yes, he did. Okay. So did he ask you to leave yet? And even remember one of the years I was like, just come home if you don't want to be there. I remember in the car on the way to the airport one time, one of the years you said, I know that if I leave that school right now, I'm going to be disobedient because God wants me to be there. I remember you saying that. You may not remember it, Uh but I'm not, I'm not making it up. (laughs) I believe you. Okay. Trust me. It happened. I wrote it down. Um, But anyway, and I told your mom, so now it's definitely true. Um, But, but you wanted that for four years and never had it for you to want it didn't just mean something in your mind. It had to transfer to your hands. Mm -hmm. It had to go through a year of working here to say, I want something enough to put feet to what my desires are. Mm -hmm. And that's the part. I mean, I've heard you talk about this all the time, Pastor Rob. We have people at Bridge, people outside of Bridge, Christians that I've known, myself included, that there are times that are like, I just don't feel like I'm growing or the church isn't doing this for me. The church isn't doing that. And can I tell you consistently when people talk to us, I feel this way, I feel that way. I always go back to, okay, what does this look like in your life? What kind of time are you spending with yeah. Jesus? And what type of relationships <clears throat> yeah. do you have around you? What and are you doing? What are you doing? And yeah. who are the people that you're allowing around you to grow? And I can tell you 95 plus percent of the time, either they're void in what's going on in God's word, in prayer, or they have a lack of relationships. Yeah. And we wonder, and then people get angry and upset yeah. with God. And who's pouring into you, but also who are you pouring into? Because I can tell you that I grow the most whenever I'm pouring into somebody else. Like my discipleship yeah. pass. Yeah. Like, I'm growing more whenever somebody's, Kathy's calling me and asking me questions, and I'm like, you know what? I don't have an answer to that, <laughs> you know, and I'm, I'm studying and, yeah. and feeding myself. So yep. not that I can give an answer, but I can guide, guide them in the right questions to ask to help them guide in the right, right, right direction. And I think that so oftentimes it's like it's yeah. just me and God, and I don't need anybody else. And, you know, we're really, we really need to have those people pouring into us and we need to be yeah. pouring into others. In this culture, man, I think about that. How many times I've had people say like, you know, because let's be honest. I mean, there are a lot of better speakers and pastors and preachers in the world than I'm ever going to be or you're ever going to be. That's I mean, or just, <laughs> they're on TV. No offense to us, but it's yeah. like we're competing against, you know what? I don't need anybody, Paul. Paul I don't need to go to church. I don't need to watch. I'm just going to watch this guy on TV. And I'm going to get everything that I need. And that's not possible because when mm-hmm. you look at scripture, you just touched on it. Three different types of people make people healthy spiritually. Everybody needs an apostle Paul in their life. Everyone needs a Barnabas in their life. Everyone needs a Timothy in their life. Paul was the mentor, right? Mm-hmm. He poured into the people around them. 
which means if you have someone that's willing to pour into you, you have to ask yourself if you're teachable. Yeah, am I going to open my cup? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you need a Barnabas, someone that's going to wrap their arms around you and say, like, I'm with you. I see you, Sarah. You know what? Life stinks right now, but gonna, we're going to get through this. We're going to encourage each other right now. And, you know, we talked about that. Encouragement is a big, is a big void in, in, in the, the larger church today. You were talking about that earlier um, this week, right? That encouragement's well, it, a gap. It, it, there is a gap. But the, uh, one thing that I do want to say that this is a perfect example of it. Uh, I, when I got saved and I heard people pray, I wanted to pray like that out loud and I couldn't. And I, when I was saved in like other churches, I never had an opportunity. And then I come here and there was a prayer night and the Lord said, pray out loud. And I mean, I shook, I literally shook, but out it came. And then I'm only here a couple months and you said, I, I like to meet with you. And I'm thinking he's going to tell me to leave because the way I did, I really did. She prayed I really out loud. did because my prayer was so yeah. as I come out. Hmm. And then you said to me, when I called the prayer team up, I want you to come up. And I kept saying, you realize I'm only saved too. I remember kept saying like, seriously, yeah. you really, yeah. and you said, no, I want you to do it. And I shook the whole week. But from that, just yeah. saying, do it is become my prayer because I yeah. never did it till I came here. Yeah. And that one night it flew out and then it was like, sort of like, where'd it go when it flew out? Well, it was it really, stuck to the cross. I'll tell you, <laughs> no, it was really cool. And I yeah. do, I do remember like I shook I remember. because I didn't know anybody. And yeah. then the way I pray is different. I yeah. can't, I can't bottle it when it comes out sure. and you encouraged me to, mm-hmm. you go, no, 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 you do exactly do what you did. Yeah. And I was like, because I thought he was going to say, I don't want you doing this, and you, yeah. maybe you need to leave. I mean, I, I thought yeah. all this stuff. I really did. But, yeah, that's good, Kathy. Um, but Which, yeah. And then what I've seen you do is the third part. When we're talking about the Apostle Pauls and the Barnabases who are the encouragers, the third one is the Timothy. And the Timothy is the person, Rob, that you were talking about, that we identify and go, God, who do you want me to pour out? Mm-hmm. Because you can't, I'm convinced of this, you cannot be an effective disciple of Christ if you're not being poured into and also pouring out exactly. to other people. If exactly. all we're doing is doing one or the other, right. there's a lot of people that have stuff they want to give people. Yeah. And I've found, honestly, there are more people that have an opinion that they want to share with others than people that are willing to sit and be humble and listen. Right. You know, let me, let me hear what I'm doing wrong. Let me hear how you can love me in the midst of this and challenge me to grow deeper and listen. There's a lot of people that have opinions. You know, everyone has, you know, their own Facebook pages and their blogs and all that kind of oh, stuff yeah. that they do. Is blog even around anymore? Did I yeah, date myself? Yeah, it still is. <laughs> I don't even know. But everyone has a platform now yeah. to be the voice. And that's okay if you're being humbled to let God teach. That's mm-hmm. important as well. Um, let me, let me ask another question about this because there's two things I want to hit before we, before we wrap up here this morning. Um, one is uh, myths that people can have around discipleship. Um, specifically, because the question, remember, I started with earlier was, you know, I have this transgender friend who's interested in Jesus. Uh, how do I help this person grow in discipleship if they get saved? And I think that's the big question that's really happening there is there's someone that I think is happening, is interested in Jesus, but there's something in their life that I think doesn't connect with what it looks like to follow Jesus. How do I deal with that? Like, what would you say to that yeah. person? So I, I think, uh, I think it doesn't matter whether we're talking about it like a sexual preference or whether we're talking just about sin or whether we're talking, whatever it is, like, you know, however that the, their situation is. I think that we get this misconception of like, you have to be like perfect before you can become a disciple, right? Like, I have to achieve this perfect level before I can learn to follow Jesus. And Jesus' only, like, stipulation was, come follow me. 
is this person saying yes to coming and following Jesus? That's not our job. I don't think it's our job to point out. We can mention, hey, like you, you know, there's a sin in your life that you might want to walk through, but it's the Holy Spirit's job to convict. It's the Holy Spirit's job to walk, walk with them. When they say yes to following Jesus, it's a journey that they're going to be on, and let the Holy Spirit reveal. We just love them where they're at. Answer their questions, Kathy. Like, I love that you said, like, I could ask any question and be real. Let them ask any question and be real, yeah. and be okay with walking it out with them, and, not, and knowing that you don't have to have all the answers, yeah. knowing that you know the one who has all the answers. Yeah. Now, if I, I'm going to devil's advocate with you a little bit, yeah. because I know this isn't what you're saying, but I know people may be thinking this. Oh, so we're just supposed to be nice to everybody and, and tell them about the love of Christ, but not confront any sin in anyone's life, Rob? Is that what you're saying? Because Jesus confronted sin all the time. Right, Rob. no, 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 yeah, absolutely. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying... I know you're not saying it, yeah. but I know people are thinking <laughs> it. No, yeah, it's... We, I think that so oftentimes we can get stuck on the sin and sit there and harp on the sin and yeah. not actually love them for who they are and who yep. Jesus sees them as they are. Because Jesus doesn't see them by their sexual preference. Jesus doesn't see them by the sin that's in their life. That's right. And so, and oftentimes that's the only way we see people is at face value. Yes. Yeah. Jesus saw and sees us for who we're created to be. Right. So when we talk about your transformation, or Sarah, you talk about your transformation, he's not seeing something that's going to be. He's seeing it the way he made us to be. Mm-hmm. And what I love about that is he met people exactly where they are. So like this week, I was looking in, uh, in, in Luke, and he healed the leper. He laid his hand on a leper, hmm. and he healed him. Mm-hmm. People formalize that, and they're like, oh, therefore, you know, we're supposed to touch people like that just the way that Jesus... He didn't put his hand on the leper as a formula for us to know exactly how we're supposed to heal every person. He touched the leper specifically because the leper needed to be touched. Mm -hmm. Nobody touched the leper, and he met the leper exactly where he was. Now, you can lay hands on people, and we can pray for people. There's nothing wrong with that. But he also spoke healing into people without ever touching them. Why did he touch the leper? Because he knew where the leper was, and he met him right where he was, and he helped him, and he helped him see who he was of value before he ever came to Christ. Same thing with Zacchaeus. He invited himself to Zacchaeus' house for a meal. Not because we're supposed to always invite ourselves to people's houses, but because he knew that Zacchaeus was isolated, abandoned, and he was the enemy of his own people. And he said, no, I see the value in you. Let's meet there, and then the journey is going to transform you. Right? Right. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. What what do you think about about some of these things? I know you have some (laughs) thoughts about... Well, when you were just talking, I was thinking about how, like, the, um, the, the thing with Jesus touching the leper was the leper was sick he felt like unworthy to be touched and so jesus touched him yes or zacchaeus unworthy to be loved by people so jesus spent time with him like and that's what he does with us as well if jesus was like well i see your sickness and i agree you're not worthy to be touched then nobody's life ever will change right like or or complete all of these things first right Right. before we will interact (laughs) i mean i I continue to like i don't want to hang out with these people i don't want to participate the church is all full of this or that no well Jesus looked at things and said, honestly, um, uh, I'm going to meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. And in the midst of showing you your value, now walk the journey. And that's what we're actually called to do as Christians. We have people all through Bridge that have come from different backgrounds and yep. situations that have sat in my office or I've talked to outside of. And they've said, you know, I, I was scared to be able to talk about this. Or I knew that you knew that this was going on in my life. Yeah, but you didn't like camp on it. I said, I didn't need to camp on it. You already knew about it. You know, the point is now you're not going to be elevated to a place of teaching. And there are, there are responsibilities as we change and we transform yeah. and become more like Christ that limits what our influence is until we continue to grow spiritually, right? I mean, that, that's something we all agree right. with. Yeah. But people need a place to belong. 
before they believe. Right. And the church for a very long time has been believe and then you can belong. And we had to flip that upside down. And that's what we're trying to do. Right. Um, let's, let's kind of pull this together. Just looking at our time, let's try to wrap this up and pull it together. But if, if there were some things you wanted to say to people, either who are looking for discipleship um, or people who are, well, let's back it up this way. What would you say first to the person that's saying, I really do need to be discipled. What do I do? What would you guys say to those people this morning? that are hungry, like you said, I want it. But what would you say to those people that say, I'm interested really in becoming a, a deeper follower of Christ and I don't know what to do? Take a step. Yeah. Take a step. Don't be afraid to have a conversation. Look for the people in your life that are there that have what you want. So let's spell it out. Okay. Yeah, so you they, said, they have what you want. So ask. Find somebody that, that has something that looks different than, than you, and yeah. but you want what they have. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Be willing to accept what they say. You know, I usually, somebody said that and I said, you know, I'm feeling this way. And I'll say, you know, God's knocking on your heart. He's calling you. So, um, you know, we'll put somebody in that can disciple you, but we can, you know, you can say all you want, but if you really want it, you know, he's going to ask you to do things, go with it. It's going to be great. It's, you know, just go with it. Well, and some of the things he could ask you to do to put your two pieces together are the person that he may bring into your life doesn't look or act like the person you thought it would be. So for example, like I've known some people that have told me, they're like, I won't listen to this person or this person or this kind of person, or people get stuck on age and they're like, well, if they're not older than me, I mean, this is biblical, right? I mean, I'm not saying it's biblical that it's an age. I mean, you see this in scripture, like in the book of Job, where, you know, all the, the wise people and Job's friends yeah. were all the old guys, yeah. you know, and it takes Elihu to come on the stage and go like, you're all older than me, but you don't have the kind of wisdom that God's giving me right now. So be yeah. quiet and let me talk, yeah. you know, and I think there's a component to that that says sometimes the, indi- the individual situation means that you can learn from anyone. Yeah. Exactly. You can learn from anyone. And if your heart is open to want it, mm-hmm. God might bring someone that you think fits the bill, or he might bring someone that's completely a different kind of person. Mm-hmm. So we have to want it. We have to take a step. What else would you say to people that are interested in discipleship? The cost is worth it. The cost is worth it. So what would be the cost? Well, I was thinking, I've been reading this book about, not that book, not the Bible. but You're not reading <laughs> well, the Bible? Well, I have been reading the Bible, I'm just yes. kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> a book, um, and it's just talking in the beginning part that I was reading about the man who found the treasure in the field. So he sold everything that he had when bought the field because he knew that the treasure in it was worth far more than his house and all the other stuff. Yeah. Um, and that has been really convicting me to just for how much we want it. How much do we want to know Jesus? And just remembering that the Bible promises that the, the benefit is far greater than the cost. Yeah. Yeah. That's great, Sarah. That's really good. Discipleship can be inconvenient sometimes yeah. for those who on both <laughs> levels. Yeah. And what did Jesus say? Yeah. If anyone wants to be my disciple, he must what? Take up their cross and follow and me. Follow me. Yeah. He didn't say take up your bank account and follow you. He said take up your cross. And I'm not saying all disciples are poor or rich or anything. We're not going to go there. He's just saying you have to count the cost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote that book years ago, The Cost of Discipleship. Yeah. And there's something significant where we think we're actually letting go of something of significance, like you just said. But yeah. actually the thing we receive is so much greater right. mm-hmm. oh, yeah. in this life and the life to come. But also, yeah. but especially, you know, in this life, we, we weigh the, the temporal things of value and think they're worth more than following right. Jesus, mm-hmm. and they're not. So yeah. that's, that's pretty powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, we're, we're going to wrap up here in, in just a minute. Do you guys have any other final thoughts around discipleship that you think would be helpful for people to hear? Because we, ta- we talked actually covered both of those, not just... Um, being willing to take a step for the person that wants to be discipled, but for the person that's willing to disciple. 
I know you talked yeah. about that a little bit as who well. Who are you pouring into? Who are you pouring into? Yeah. Who are you willing? Well, I don't, feel, I don't feel comfortable, Pastor Rob. I'm yeah. not qualified to do that. What would you say to that person? I'm not qualified to do that. Well, <laughs> you we know? No, I'm just saying, like, I, right? like, I yeah. think like, we don't have to have like, this spiritual level of maturity. Like, who, are you, who, who can you disciple? You can disciple if you're on the same level as them. You can walk peer-to-peer. You know? There's people who are friends of mine who are younger than me who challenge me, you know, who challenge yeah. us to grow in our walks with God. And I think, yeah. you know, I, there's people at Bridge who challenge me to grow in my yeah. walk with God. You know, I don't think it has to be like a, I have to reach this level of maturity. Yeah. And I think the church has done a really not great job at that. We've said, hey, before you can walk with somebody, you have to be here. You know yeah. what I mean? Historically, yeah. me growing up, that's the way it was. The only person who could pour into my life had to be older, wiser, you know, my Sunday school teachers were never people who were my age. They were always people who were a lot older than me, even as a young adult or as yeah. a, you know, college and, student. And we understand yeah. some of the reasoning for that. But, I mean, you all yeah. have talked about that individually on the side with me as well, that we can learn from other people. And there's going to be certain things that people cannot teach us if they haven't gotten to a certain right. place in their right. personal growth. Yeah. That's okay. Life experience. as long as yeah. we're growing right. and we're walking with Jesus, we always have something we can give to somebody yeah. else. Exactly. I think that that's give really Give away helpful. that what you wish you had. Mm-hmm. Give away that, which we wish you I had. Think he, it's not, I hate to use the word command, but he doesn't say, like, it was a great suggestion. It's the Great Commission. Yeah. And so, you know, I always do this. I like Peter, okay? Everybody says, oh, Peter this and Peter that. But let's face it. I always say to people this all the time. Get out of the boat. At least you'll get out of the boat. There's yeah. all people just sitting there looking at you, but you got out of the boat. He at least got to walk on water a he little did. bit. Yeah. So try it. Yeah. Just take that chance. Yeah. It's gonna, and if I, they get wet, they can email you. I, I'm telling you, I always, every time I do it, it's been a rush. It's been one more experience. And good. so what if I fell in the water? You know, yeah. I'll get out. He's going to save me. Yeah. You, know? <laughs> you guys, this, this is really, this is really good. When, when we look at the future of where our churches go and where bridge goes, I'm absolutely convinced um, church moving forward, Christianity moving forward is going to, it's not going to thrive in the traditional sanctuary weekend right. service type of environment. It doesn't mean there aren't good opportunities, but when I hear people say, you know, why can't we gather? Why can't we meet? Why can't we do that? There's a benefit to doing that, which we all understand. I mean, Wednesday night's prayer and worship time was just like a breath of fresh air for many of us that were able to come. But make no bones about it. The greatest commission was to go and make disciples. Yeah. And if we are not disciple making in our DNA as believers and as a church, churches die. Yeah. People don't exp- and, and not only the church, but the individuals that are not doing it die as well. You know, yeah. that's why it's not just about, oh, you're telling me to do this. I'm telling you to do this because Jesus told you, he told me, and he also knows there's life in that for me. Because mm-hmm. yeah. when I pour into other people, like you said, there are nights that I've gone to people's houses and I've talked through the scriptures and I'll go just flat out exhausted. Yeah. And when I leave, I leave full of energy yeah. because I was like, wow, like Jesus, you poured something back into me because I poured into someone else yeah. and I need to be willing to make that a priority. So, yeah, you guys have really been helpful for this time. I, I just want to say thanks for being willing to come and talk about it. Um, last question would be resources. You know, you said take a step. Are there any other, are there any individual resources that come to mind? I know we need people in our lives, but let's talk just briefly about resources, and then we're going to close in prayer. Um, what would be an example of a resource that you'd want people to, to think about to grow? Start out something simple. Um, Jesus Calling and Our Daily Bread. They're okay. my two things because they both put it in, there's a scripture, but they put it in the real world. So the Jesus Calling and the and the Daily Bread are both kind of like devotionals. Devotionals. They have a scriptural component and then they have some things to give people to think about. Exactly. Okay, cool. What about you guys? 
something that has been really, really helpful to me this year in when I've been studying the scripture for myself is an app called the Blue Letter Bible. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I didn't ever hear about it before, but it looked like it's crazy. You can like um, tap on a verse and it'll bring up, um, you can find it in like the original language and what the words mean. You can find commentaries based on it. Um, and it's, it's really good. It's really and it's beneficial. free. And it's free. It's free. free. It's yeah. free. <laughs> right. It's free. I mean, we have any excuse for not growing in this day and age, yeah. right? I mean, Pastor Robert, there's about so you? much more. I mean, so many other resources are exactly like that. You know, like you have U version, you know, where you can go on and do a devotional, you yeah. know, through U version and read scripture and yeah. walk it out like that. Right now, media, our church gives away for free that we pay for every year as a gift for people in our church to grow in their walks with God. So yeah. just stop you know, for a minute. We'll talk about that. Like every person that's connected with bridge can right. get access to right now media for videos, for adults, students, and children's the kids and content free is awesome. and it's yeah. expensive. Like yeah, we, we, we put a lot yeah. of money into it every yeah. year and you can get it on your phones. You can get it on your televisions and it's a great resource for people yeah. to grow spiritually. Yeah. And so if you go to bridgecomchurch.org slash live at the bottom, it says adult resources. You can click right there on right now media and sign up and it's tons of content that is great. And we even have listen, learn and live broke out in our, in our bridge channel. Yeah. So if they want to learn how to listen. They want to learn how to learn and want to learn and want to learn how to live. There's some resources that are broken out there for students, kids and adults. It's just a great starting point um, for that. Cool. One, then, one thing that I brought, I know this has been uh, our meat and potatoes for a couple of years, was this follow material that Pastor Brian uh, Cuck and also Daniel McNaughton wrote a number of years ago. And it's just learning to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. And for people that like to go through books and like to go through actual steps, there's seven attributes in here that Jesus taught through the Gospel of Matthew on how you can grow spiritually. And we yeah. walk people through that. That's not a book study someone does by themselves. That's someone they do with mm-hmm. something else, with yeah. someone else. And that's really powerful because mm-hmm. it promotes questions and conversation. Um, the most important thing is that you do something. The most important thing is that we do something. Get involved in a small group. That's an easy step to take. You know, it doesn't have to be like a one-on-one relationship. Maybe I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that. A group of people like this, it makes it a little bit more manageable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, um, let me just take a moment and just speak to anyone that's just listening to this service this morning. Um, if you want to grow spiritually, there are tools and there are people that will help you. And you know what, if, if it's just overwhelming and you don't know where to start, just call us. Just call us at Bridge. Send an email to us. Call the church office. Ask for help. And we will absolutely put you in contact with some people or steps to get you moving. Uh, if you're listening to this this morning and you're not a follower of Jesus, the good news about this, and you talked about it, doesn't matter if you're 50 when you come to Christ, if you grew up in the church, or if your, pastor, your, your father was a pastor. What matters is that you're willing to take a step. And you're saying, you know what, and this is what's cool about Jesus. He's no respecter of persons, male or female. He talks about slave, free. It doesn't matter. The invitation to come follow and to begin the journey with Christ is available to everyone who's interested. So if that's you and you want to start your relationship with Jesus, let us know, and we'll talk to you about it, and we'll get you started on a journey that will change your life forever. (laughs) So if you guys would join me as we just take a moment and just close our eyes, let's just pray. And, uh, yeah. So, Father, we just say thank you so much for loving us today. Thank you for this conversation around discipleship. God, I just pray that our hearts would be open not just towards learning about you, but really understanding in our hearts and living it out by the way that we allow others to pour into us and the way we pour into others. God, I pray the relationship that you called us to walk in, the relationship with you, would be real, genuine, and dynamic. So people would see that Christianity isn't about going to church. Christianity isn't about just doing things but it's about knowing the one who gave his life for us. So Jesus, I thank you for the talk today. I thank you for the opportunity. I pray that you would use it for your will and your purpose and that each one of us would take one step closer to you 
as we grow in relationship. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you guys so much for coming today. God bless you. Thanks. Have a great week.